Good morning, good morning. Rabotai, today breakfast is sponsored of Fuasha, the Maf, of Bryce and Millie Malka, F. Price, Ariel, Bat Lipsha, and Millie Malka Bat Ariel, with much love and much, uh, uh, what's it called, care and concern for our very, very dear friend. Should be zocher to see her Fuasha, the Maf, once you come home, happy and healthy. The Pasuk says in Az Yashir, Ozi means my strength, and the song, and the, the Pasuk then continues, after saying that God was our strength and our song, after saying all that, we say that because Hashem is our Yeshua, is our salvation, so we say, Ze Eli Vanveo. Now, the literal translation of the Pasuk is, Ze Eli, this is my father, this is my God, excuse me, Vanvehu, and I will glorify him. So, in the nature of what they were saying, they were able to point to God. They were, they were looking, so to speak, at God himself in, this, in the story of uh, Kriyat Yamsuf. As the sea is being split, every single member of the people said, Every time you see the word, what does mean? Something that is in front of you. You remember on the night of the Pesach, we say, a person doesn't say these three things, he doesn't fulfill his obligation. We say, And you point with your finger. When you say, it means this. The reason why it's indicating something that's being pointed out is because you're not describing it, you're just saying this thing, and you're, it illustrates it's sitting there in front of you. When they said, this is my God, say Hazal, our rabbis teach us, that every single person was looking, they were seeing Hashem in His most present state. However, the Gemara says, sorry? Yes, same thing. The, uh, the, <coughs> the Gemara, however in Shabbat tells us that aside from the fact that they were aimed, it was they were pointing at God and they were looking and witnessing Hashem through the miracles of the Kriyat Yamsuf, aside from all of that and this uh, incredible revelation to the entire people, there was something else here and that's really what I want to focus on. The Gemara says, Become beautiful in front of Him. Beautify yourselves in front of him, b'mitzvot. Make before him a beautiful sukkah. Don't make a sukkah that has moldy sukkah. Even though you might be able to fulfill your obligation with a sukkah that has holes in the wall. Make it beautiful. Put the pictures up. Spread the, you know, the, the cloth along the walls. Have a curtain by the door. Make the sukkah into something beautiful, not to, just to fulfill the obligation. Sukana'a, velulavna'e, a beautiful lulav. Make it straight, not crooked. Have a etrog that's as clean as you can afford. Hadassim that are not just the bidi'eve, the basement requirement, but actually something special. Everything, do the mitzvot beautiful. Then the Gemara, the Gemara continues and says a second opinion. Abba Sha'ul Omer, however, Abba Sha'ul says, that's the first opinion. The second opinion, Abba Sha'ul says, is, what does it mean to glorify him? Be as, as comparable to God as you can be. Just like it says about God that he is uh, compassionate, so too you should be compassionate. Just as God is rahum, he is, he is merciful, you also should have mercy. Okay? So these two lines 
in the Gemara in Shabbat, they seem to me, they, they trigger in me a, a very obvious question. The first opinion is do mitzvot nicely. The second opinion is, what does it mean va'anvehu? How did they get that from the words va'anvehu? Where did they see that? The answer is that there's a famous line that we say, imitation is the highest form of flattery. If, you know, you find someone and you're mimicking them and you're imitating them, if there's a certain rabbi that I'm looking towards and I'm trying to copy the way that he speaks, the way he runs the community, what are you seeing in that? You see that there's a, the most, that I feel that that person is worthy of emulation. Everything, so much of what I do in this bit, Knesset, is things that I learned from my father. Not even whether he taught it to me specifically or not, but anyone here that knows my dad will know. The way he tries to treat every single person in the synagogue, the avira, the air that he brings, that the feeling in the synagogue is not one where you're going to get told off by the rabbi, but rather where the rabbi is bringing a smile and warmth. That I learned that at the feet of my father. Anything that I'm doing here, it's the highest form of flattery. It shows that you're trying to be like your dad. Our father in heaven is no different. So if you want to be able to glorify your father, to show him the greatest respect, how do you do it? By attempting to do and be everything just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Abba Shaul is saying, it seems like it's a different understanding. However, I want to maybe add one last point, and maybe that is exactly what we're speaking about over here. The Gemara says that this idea of hidur mitzvah, of doing a mitzvah to the best of your ability, Amar Rabbi Zerah, Rabbi Zerah taught, Behidur mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. When you're doing a hidur of a mitzvah, you do it up until a third. What does that mean, up until a third? Let's say I have an etrog. There's etrog A. Etrog A is, like they say, the kids say today, meh. It's, you know, it's, it's naff, it's horrible, it's, it's, what, it's regular, it's the one, you know, out of the box. Then you have another etrog, it's beautiful. How much more am I obligated to spend to do the mitzvah in its nicer form? Let's say you have a sukkah, and it's nice, it's kosher, but there's another sukkah that you could buy from on the, you know, on the web that looks like a castle, but that one cost $50,000. Do I have an obligation to go that high? And here's the funny thing. What the Torah is teaching us from here and what the Gemara is expanding on is that it's not that you do mitzvot and you know what, do it as nicely as you can. No. Up until a third of the mitzvah, you have an obligation to go to the higher form. Up until a third. You have an obligation to be mitna'eh. So once, let's say as an example, you have one, et- one etrog, is, let's say for the sake of argument, is $10. So what's ad shlish? Up until $13.33. Up until that point, I have to spend on the, on the better etrog. I'm obligated. If it's, if it's $25, I don't have an obligation to do that. Says the, uh, the, the B'nai Saskar. He says, where did we learn, and what does it have to do, this mitzvah, with the context in which it's given over? We're talking about over here the song of the Jewish people as they cross the ocean, as they, uh, as they leave Mitzrayim. Why are you telling me this mitzvah? Ze'elim ve'anveu is some sort of beautiful descriptive terminology. It's a poetic license. It's prose that was written to glorify Hashem. You're learning out of mitzvah from here. Why are we learning out hidur mitzvah, the obligation of hidur mitzvah to do it up until the third? And he says something magnificent. He says... That when Paro was chasing the Jews, the Pasuk says, all of the horses of Egypt, Vishalishim al-Kulo. 
And what does shalishim mean? One opinion is it means that there were officers in charge of each group. However, the Targum explains what is shalishim, mulaita tlitaah. It means that it used to be that people would take a, 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 a carriage, like you have here in, uh, in Manhattan, they charge you $50 an hour. There's a carriage and it's led by one horse. Paro changed this from one horse to two, the earlier Paro. Like it says, Ve'et Markevet HaMishneh. Markevet Mishneh means the double riding. They would have two horses in the front of every carriage because that was prestige, you know? But now Paro said he was so flaming, he was so desirous of being able to chase the Jewish people with his evil intentions that in order to catch up to them even quicker, Vishalishim al-Kulo, he added a third horse to literally up the horsepower of his, uh, of his chariots. So in order, if that's what Paro does, it says that Paro, not only was he excited to chase the Jews, but Yeshkem Paro, Paro woke up early in the morning to go do this. We have in the Torah another person who wakes up. You have the early waking of, of, uh, of Abraham to go do his mitzvah, and you have the early waking of Paro. And what does Paro do in his great zeal to do it? He adds a third horse. This idea that you could add up to a third, says the Bnei Saskar, according to the Targum, the idea is that if someone could do that for bad, how much more so that we could do that for the good. But the Pardes Yosef adds an even more sobering thought. Usually, there's mitzvot that people do better on. You take a better etrog. You buy yourself a beautiful pair of tefillin. But how many people are mehader in mitzvot, in the mitzvot of compassion, of mercy? You know, you feel, ah, I feel bad for this guy. Uh, you know, I could get angry at my child, but you know what, I want to do the right thing. There's also an obligation of hidur mitzvah. Abba Shaul is not arguing on the first opinion. The first opinion says, make him a nice sukkah, a nice lulav, a nice this. Says Abba Shaul, yeah, but don't forget, there's so many mitzvot in the Torah that are not about you and God, they're about you and your fellow man. You and your wife, and you and your children, and you and your worker, and you and your boss. Figure out how to be mehader in the mitzvot as well between you and your fellow man. Ad shlish. Make yourself a third more compassionate, a third more patient. Push yourself a little bit more for the sake of that mitzvah. May Hashem bless us, Be'ezrat Hashem, always to be able to do mitzvot to the best of our ability. And even when we think we're at the max, we can push ourselves at least for one more third, a bit more horsepower to do the mitzvah in the best way possible. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Hananya Benak HaShamir, Ritzah HaGadosh Baruch Hu, Zerifikach Ba'alehim Torah Mitzvot, Shnei Ma'ana Hafetz Ma'azikor, Adir Torah ve'adir.